Scott, get in here. It's the one-year anniversary of the Jimmy Butler practice. Let's start this show. You fucking need me. You can't pod without me. Welcome to episode 114 of Wolf's Cast, the show that remembers when the only person screaming ice in the Target Center was Tom Thibodeau. It's hosted by myself and my brother, I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Welcome to the show, everybody. Yes, Timberwolf season's back. We got season previews coming fast at you. This is season preview number one from Wolf's Cast right here on uh, uh, Canis Hoopus. And uh, we would, uh, you know, we would be remiss if we did not bring in a very important member of Canis Hoopus. Everybody, welcome to the show, John Meyer. My my favorite real-life brothers that podcast. What's up, guys? John, we're doing great. We're excited to have you back here in the studio. Thanks for coming on over here this evening. So happy to be back for our fifth season of Wolves Cast, our third season on the Canis Hoopus Network, one of the most influential of all the oh, yeah. Timberwolves and SB Nation websites. It's very important to do podcasts, uh, and you know when the season's starting, that's where intrigue is at the highest. You know, everyone's excited. We got uh, about two weeks until the start of the regular season. Um, we're recording this uh, as the Timberwolves are in Oakland, or excuse me, in San Francisco. That's right. Now there's uh, no power in Oakland, so they no, would have a hard time playing tonight. Yeah, they are uh, playing basketball. We're we're recording instead, so it's it's uh, that's how it has to be. But yeah, as we're we're getting close to preseason basketball. John, how are you feeling? Are you ready? Are you ready for this season? I think I'm ready. I think my, my interest in the team is has been renewed. I think. Oh, good. You know, we we're riding the the good uh, the good vibes these days, as you said. Everything's uh, rainbows and unicorns <laughs> right now, Spanish yeah. unicorns. But um, <laughs> yes, I just I do feel like uh, there a lot of people. Just I see it in my notifications. I see a lot of conversations online. It just seems like there's a renewed interest in the team now that um, the old uh, toxic. Uh, culture it has been ushered out. Yeah, we talked about it in the open, but it's crazy that it's been a whole year. I mean, we all sort of remember where we were when that stuff was breaking and and um, that day of just like all the tweets from practice and all this stuff. And it's crazy because um, last year, um, before all this stuff came out, we had you on the podcast and I was looking through our document of all like the stuff we talked about. And it's funny how it was kind of like we did hint at there was drama. You know what I mean? I feel like that that was one of the first questions like, can they get over the drama? But it was it's funny to like look back on that and be like, yeah. we had no idea what was to come. I recently re-listened to it as well to prepare uh, for these season previews. And it's amazing that how much foresight we we had we were very prescient in our predictions i think you said at one point you said ideally you know it would be great if we get to the end of the season and jimmy gets his max and cat gets his max and then we can figure out what to do with andrew but i'd give that a less than five percent shot of happening and i was like wow, wow. <laughs> you were right john wow i was right about something yeah. that's, that's so. awesome. i think one thing they did a great job of is like I don't think really a lot of people understood the gravity of like what was going on with the team and how much um, dysfunction there actually was. Like you, we knew that the team was not spending any of the summer together. We knew mm-hmm. like early on in camp, like Teague and some other truthers were saying like, "Yeah, we didn't see each other. Like we didn't practice together." The guys that will actually, you know, Gorgie, these guys, they will tell the truth. Not to say others won't, but mm-hmm. if you want the truth, there are some guys that you can go to. The that truthers, are, I like that. that are going to be a lot uh, more honest with yeah. you. 
that I remember uh, we, we we were talking about how. T- uh, Thibodeau was flying out to California to meet with Jimmy. Oh, yeah. That and that's the first deal. rumblings that maybe he didn't want to return. So at that point, we really didn't think that, you know, there was any chance that Jimmy Butler wouldn't be a Timberwolf, you know, up until that point. And we were talking about Jimmy had tweeted, don't believe all the fake news that you hear. They're all reporting my meeting is today. It's not. It's tomorrow. And it's not that like... They, Such a Jimmy tweet. Right. Yeah, it, so it, was like, it wasn't like they got gotten something wrong about his desire to meet or talk about his intentions with the team. Date. Just his scheduling <laughs> is all that they got wrong. And he's like, fake. That's why you can't believe the media. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's just amazing that the, all that happened and it's, it's it's past. You know, it felt like, especially kind of in the early parts of the season before the trades happened, it was like, oh God, this just keeps going on and on and on. And and they made they made those moves. Yeah. It was so weird because we're not in the period where players get traded. So it was really weird for yeah. Jimmy to ask for a trade during you know yeah, the November. opening weeks yeah. of training camp. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the start of the season it was just one giant distraction, and every day it was just like a new little element of the whole drama was just revealing itself, and then it just was getting worse and worse, and then you know Jimmy just he just killed. Carl and Andrew on ESPN with that's Mitchell it. Nichols. He had to make it so public. He had yeah, to, he aired it out. It all, he aired it all through the media. Yeah, and it was terrible. And I just remember like how uncomfortable that felt. And I remember they went to Milwaukee for a preseason game, and Tibbs like still was like, "Will it wasn't." he had Jimmy's back. He wasn't right. willing to admit that anything was wrong. He was like, he liked the drama. He thought it was good. J- Jimmy is literally sewering Tom Thibodeau to the press. He's yelling at Scott Layden, you you effing need me. Yeah. You can't win without me. And Thibodeau's still like, yeah, he's right. <laughs> he's <laughs> right. my guy. Yeah, that's my guy. That's the energy. He's like trashing the other most important players on the team. And Tom Thibodeau's like, I love it. This is what we need. And so with that being said, I'm just, I know you guys probably are too, and a lot of people are, is I'm so excited to just, that's gone like that yeah. that dark cloud hanging over the team like that's gone and i know some people that maybe they'll say they are really going all in with this good vibes strong culture you know they had family day at target center and those things are great and i think gerson rosas is doing a great job of building the culture back up to the point where people want to be a part of it the players the fans everybody in the organization where it doesn't feel like you're going into work or you're going to cover a team that's just totally like terrible and dysfunctional yeah i mean let's keep harkening back to me doing my research yesterday i remember last year you were telling us about how cat after he scored his 56 points he was miserable and you found that so so upsetting that the joy had been taken out of the locker room by jimmy the year prior to the point where cat would have a record-setting performance and scoring and then just feel sick afterwards about it and be and tom Thibodeau was upset at him for chucking during that game and it was just like uh, you know, I don't think we'll have that problem anymore. I mean, it remains to be seen. We'll probably talk about it on this episode some, whether good vibes are enough to keep us warm all winter long. I think that, you know, there's going to be some prolonged uh, losing streaks this season, and then it might not be as easy to, uh, you know, go to sleep being like, well, at least our team likes each other. But right. uh, yeah. I think that's something we're going to have to, you know, see how it goes throughout Well, the and I think that's a good place to, you know, start, you know, kind of our conversation here today because, you know, Although this is a new season and, you know, we've kind of turned the page, you know, the Jimmy and Tib stuff that went away at like, you know, December, January of last year. So like they played over half the year last year, sort of with this different group, obviously, you know, different players. But, you know, Ryan was in charge and sort of like they turned the page a little bit. But now it feels like, okay, it's a new season. It's a true new start to this stuff. And, you know, as you mentioned, John, it's about the culture. It's about these feel good vibes. 
but you know, sort of what then is success for this season? You know, how does, you know, is it okay to be a bad team that is a good culture team this year? Like it, that could be, that could be success for this team this season. I, I don't really know. And I guess we're kind of asking ourselves, but we're kind of, what I really want to get to, I guess a little bit more is sort of what does the team think like success is? And I think Garrison was asked this directly at uh, media day and he kind of, you know, said something to the effect that it's a multi-year thing and it's not really just going to be about this year. So it makes me think that it's really not going to really matter how many games they win but what do you guys think when you hear the idea of like what is success for the team this year well i think just to start it off we should point out because you know last year we asked ourselves the same question what is it going to take yeah. for success i think it's worth acknowledging last year was a monumental failure there's yes. no way to look at last year and, and say it's a success i know we got rid of jimmy and tibbs and maybe that's some silver lining to the disaster that it was but i think especially when you look at what we were trying to define as success was it, whether it's making the playoffs or getting 40 wins or whatever it was i can safely say we failed this team failed and the only question is did it abysmally fail did it totally fail what kind of level of abject failure it was because all the terms we went into last season uh, in terms of what we would define as success they came up well short of that yeah the whole thing blew up i think it's a successful it's off to a successful start and the reason i say that is because i feel like they have truly empowered cat to be like this is your team Mm. you're gonna we're gonna run tons of offense through you and people joke, there's the old quote that Cat had last year that he, he, or in the summers at some point, that he said oh, he was only using 40% of his skills. <laughs> yes. Okay. People laugh at that because it's the, it's the hyperbole that Carl yeah. speaks with, and the, that people yeah. don't like that. And I get it. But also, um, whenever you make up a percentage to describe right. something that can't be measured in percentages, it's <laughs> well, just he, like, he also said he had a 95% or, or like a 5% chance of survival. Of surviving the car crash. It's like, so, yeah, your estimates aren't great. I, on I love Cat more than anybody, but per, perhaps um, estimations and percentages aren't his strong suit. <laughs> right. But in any case, like I do think it's off to a good start because Cat, his attitude, his mood is just 100% different. And I think they are really going to use him in a way that. Um, brings out the most of his skills. And we're going to see more of that creation and and starting off like a set from the top of the arc because Carl going downhill off the bounce, his first step is huge, Mm. just like Giannis. And we saw it against Phoenix in the first preseason game. The guy is so good that he can catch it in the slot, take one dribble, and he smashed it home. And so I think we're going to see way more of that than just, hey, Carl, give the ball in the the post (laughs) on the right block. Okay, I don't think that's what we're going to see. So that is one point of like, I like that they have done that. Okay. I look at this season, not like, Oh, they have to win 45 games or, Oh, a lot of people say you have to make the playoffs for it to be a success. I don't look at this season like that. I think a successful season is stylistically. We see a change. They shot 39, three pointers against Phoenix. We want to see a lot of threes. I think they did that seven or eight times last season. We want to see them play up-tempo. They did that. It's only one game. And then I want to see things like, is Jarrett Culver, does he look like he could be a second or third banana next to Cat? Can Andrew get back on the right path? Um, can Josh Okogie play with more poise? Because he, the guy, I call him Red Bull, I mean, <laughs> I love his energy defensively, but he needs to play with poise, and he needs to hit threes. And then... What do we have in our rookies like Jalen Noel and Nas Reed? What do we have in Kata Bates' job? I think the more we can flush those things out this season 
And if we can say that was a success and that, and then if we can add them up, like, oh, we had five or six successes, then to me, it would be a successful season. Or maybe if we get three out of the five or something like that. Something like that, but there's a lot. Or if we trade Jeff Teague in theory and get a second round pick and we say, okay, at least we got something in terms of like asset management. That's where Gupta and Gerson are going to make their money is like, can we turn some of these one year deals? Cause we have a lot of them into a new asset. If we do that maybe once or twice to me, that would be a success because it sets us up for, you know, long-term growth. And I think leading with cat sort of is, is the right way to go with this because I think again, thinking back to last year, that's what was so worrying about it was, it wasn't really about Jimmy or Tibbs or everything exploding. It was like, oh, no, we're ruining the best thing we have, which is Carl Anthony Towns, right? Here we go again. It happened with Love. You know, it happened with KG. It happened with Love. Like, we, we ruined it from within. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't even like some sort of outside force. It was like, we met the, the franchise messed it up. And it felt like this was happening again with Towns. It's like, oh, they brought in the wrong people. And he's going to get mad and just want to leave. And I feel like they've reset that. They're back on track for like it being his team. They're giving him the freedom to have the ball on the open floor and in different areas, like you're saying, not just pound it down low. And really, that's what it's all about. It's all about the fact that you have a potential top five player in the league, an MVP type player in the league, number four and, in PER last year, and keeping him happy and making it all about him and doing all the doing right by him, whether it be from players or just from attention or just you know making everything about him. And I feel like at least they've done that, and I think that's very successful. And now we get to have the season where he gets to perform like that on the floor. And hopefully that'll be enough for a little bit because, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, this it, might be another season where it's, you know, nice we have some leverage in that he's locked in for a five-year deal now. Yes. Um, so it's not like he, he can, I mean, he can try and demand a trade after this season, but it's not like. But that's not on the horizon anymore. You know but, what I mean? Last I mean, year that felt like it was on the horizon. It could still be the situation where Cat has an MVP type season, but doesn't make all NBA because he's on a terrible team. And it could be, he could hear a lot of good stats, bad team kind of criticism this year. And we've just got to trust that, you know, setting him up structurally as being the focal point and I think it's worth saying that in terms of wh- how I consider this team has centered around Cat for for as long as Cat's been around he's been my focus point but this is different because the team is making it a priority his his rookie year it was more just uh you know let's see what works and then Tom Thibodeau came in and had his own ideas so this is the first time that like play-wise like he will be having the ball in his hands it's the cat it, show yeah, it'll be kind of like the last love season where, you know, a lot of plays ran through Love's hands and he ended up, I think, averaging almost five assists a game, you know. So we could see something this year where it's 20 points, 20 some points, 10 some rebounds. And He's going to get numbers. Five assists. He's going to yeah. get those yeah, numbers. Yeah, I would draft him number one in fantasy. I was going to say, yeah. Sure. If you have a like, fantasy draft, that's your guy. Yeah, yeah. I think his numbers are going to be ridiculous. Well, Andy's ridiculously healthy all the time, knock on wood. He's right. But he's an 82 guy, right? He does that. Like, he didn't, I feel like the, he missed, yeah, he had the car crash game yeah. and then he had maybe one other he illness missed, like, game. Five but games like, because of a car yeah. crash. I mean, come on. But the thing, I always call him uh, like the cow. He's like the cow Ripken of the NBA, but the Iron Man. Yeah, nicknames for everybody. Red Bull, cow I Ripken. <laughs> I told him that once and then he was like, I, I think I told him that like a few weeks before he got in the car accident. Oh, <laughs> no. And I've always, I never wanted to talk to him about it again because I felt like I jinxed yeah. it. Um, I don't even remember you. I was no. like, dang, I shouldn't have said that. But um, yeah, like I think we talked about it last year is, and I think I might have said, um, like success to me was having like a more clear path forward. And in like I was saying is, you know, kind of flushing out these questions that we have about the team and who who's a long-term guy, who's not, because 
let's be honest, they, I think they're gonna they're gonna make a lot of trades in the next like twelve to twenty four months. Mm. Like the guys running the show are gonna wheel and deal. Go yeah. read John Kay's article today on Sasha and Gupta. Like he built the trade machine. For Sam <laughs> Hinkie, <laughs> Sam Hinkie literally credits him for all of his best trades. So. Uh, I think they're going to be tremendously active. And I wouldn't be surprised to see trades this year, uh, yeah. especially as they get closer to the trade deadline. And maybe, let's say, a Lakers team gets desperate for a point hey, guard there we go. like uh, Jeff Teague. <laughs> uh, so I, yep. I'm very excited to see what they decide to do with this roster. And I think the, the way those guys think, uh, there aren't very many players that are probably safe from you know, not being traded. Yeah, it's a very, I think it's very were, wide open. Two questions on Twitter. We'll get to the Twitter questions either in this episode or or another preview episode. But two different people, uh, Travis Lyle Zek and Dorothy B, both asked about who do you think is the most likely to be traded on the roster. And I was thinking, obviously, Jeff Teague's in the final year of his deal, but he's making a decent-sized chunk of change. He might not fit into a lot of cap situations. Whereas Jordan Bell is a million dollars and change. Yeah. Noah Vonley is a million dollars and change. And those are the kind of, you know, six nine kind of swing men who could actually be really useful to a team. Travion Graham. Yeah, yeah. These are the kind of guys who who could really slot into a team that needs them, but they don't have a lot of cap space. Yeah. Uh, so I think that those are probably the most I would look at names. any of the one year deals as obviously the most likely. Yeah. I, I wouldn't you know, I really like Rocco. He's one of my favorite players. I don't, I don't think he's off the table. They discussed him during the draft. Yeah. Uh, and we still have to see about his health. I know. That's probably why he didn't get traded. It was the other teams wanted to see. About, about yeah. I mean, a lot too. of people were very worried about his knee. And, you know, we as we heard him share his, his story, which I couldn't thank him enough for doing, because not everybody would want to open up like that. About um, his mental health. About his mental health. During struggles, media yeah. Day. And um, I thought that was amazing to hear and that was great and i was really happy he didn't dismiss that i didn't think he would because covington's such a nice person mm-hmm. very open guy but um i i guess it highlights i knew that last year was very hard for him and so um that would be another successful point yeah is him, yeah him getting back because he's really good he's really really good and finding guys like that is is terribly hard the whole league is trying to do that so um, Which kind of would also out. make him one of the most valuable assets we have if we exactly want to trade him. and so well, his contract yeah. is just so good. Yeah. Oh, I hope they don't get rid of him. That'd but I hope he's so, really one of I only. Hope they don't either. We were talking a little earlier about who are the vets on this team, and in terms of age, he he is one of only two guys who is like thirty. Like Jeff Teague and him are the only guys yeah. who are thirty. I I was talking to a friend the other day, and um, and this. Jeff Teague is the only player on this year's roster that's older than me. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah, nice. So I feel like I'm a lot older, certainly, because <laughs> in years past, it's I was closer to yeah. the players' ages. But um, I'm so thankful that Jeff is on the team for that reason, because I didn't want to be the oldest guy anymore. And I think older uh, than everyone older, when you go yeah, in the clubhouse. Yeah. Another maybe a dark horse name for, for trades, and this isn't something I necessarily want to see happen, but in the right deal, I feel like Okogi could be going out. Um, I think especially um, if you're if you're thinking of, you know, there's lots of steam of, of Rosas, big fish hunting, big game hunting or whatever. If they get like a superstar, not a, maybe not a superstar, but if they get like a, a nicer, bigger piece, that team maybe uh, that 
would maybe be wanting to you know tank or you know hey if, if, not maybe not Bradley Beal but something like that you know where it's yeah. coming the other team's going to want like a nice young either a draft pick or a young player and I feel like this new administration or this new head front office would rather give up him than Culver and they're a little Absolutely. bit redundant maybe right they're kind of both like two guards you know so kind of like swing smaller players who are most better defenders than offensive players maybe so um, I don't I don't see it as likely but in the right kind of trade in a bigger trade you might you might see you know something like that happen so yeah that, I don't, that I don't think Jo is untouchable by any means that was a Tibbs laden pick you and know? he needs to show this year like he needs to show that his three-point shot is legit and as I said previously and he said this on media day is that he does want to one of his biggest goals is he wants to play more in control. He wants to play with nice. more poise. Yeah. But we need to see that happen. Yeah. Because it's easy just to say and it. It's again, a hard, the Phoenix game, he was oh, totally out of control again. So It's a hard balancing point, too, because you don't want him to take away the hustle, because that's what's right. earning his greatest his trait. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how can you get him to play more in control without you know giving less energy, really? Right. I mean, he is Harden's father. Yeah, that's right. He's currently he's officially yeah. adopted on the form. Let's um, pivot to on the floor stuff for this year. Strengths and weaknesses for what we might see from the team this season. Strengths. Let's start with strengths. I was having a hard time with this one, actually, because obviously you have towns at the top. Um, but what, what do we see as, as possible strengths, maybe as, as small or big as, as they might be this year? What are they? I'd say flexibility with uh, people that are at the power forward position, kind of because yeah. you know who who is the power forward, who is the center, who is the three, the the small forward, if you will, because we're using outdated think, terms like this. But because Jake Layman could be a three four, whereas Jordan Bell can be more of a four five, they're the exact same. I height, think front court depth. Know? We can say front court depth. There, right. You know I mean, because we've got Cat, we've got Gorgie, we've got Noah Vonley, we've got Bell. Jordan Bell, we yeah. got Jake Layman, we've got uh, I'm forgetting someone else too. Yeah, uh, that's Roko is the same size. Yeah, Roko. Gonna, but yeah, it's so weird with the way they're fudging the positions as far as, yeah, Covington is a four. Like, that's crazy to me. It's like they have, yeah, as long as you're at least six nine, you can be a four, I guess. So, it's, <laughs> or, I don't know. We might have a front court of three people who are six nine at times, yeah. you know? Yeah, so I think that is a strength as far as, you know, we're not sure which of those combos are going to work, but they have a lot of moves to make within that, right? There's lots of possibilities there. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think just the unpredictability on a night-to-night basis Ryan has said it before is like they want to play the matchups like if they got to go small ball we'll play small ball if they got to go you know bully ball we'll throw volley in at the four and ask them to crash now I think the small ball it, they're going to struggle with the, the DeAndre Aytons and the mm. Andre Drummonds of the world like those guys are going to grab 10 offensive rebounds and we're going to rip our hair out like and so we have to hit threes to make yeah. those small and ball run. lineups good yeah. and the thing is Outside of Carl and Rocco, let's ask yeah. ourselves how good of a three-point shooting team are we really? Yeah, um, yeah, that's, so, be hard well, to that's is, my concern. Uh, yeah. Britt Robson brought the, brought this up in his most recent article for the Athletic as well, talking about asking. I think it was Russ asked. No, he was asking Saunders, I believe, but he was saying. You know, obviously, you have what you're trying to do be more of a three point shooting team, be more fast tempo, and you don't necessarily have the personnel to match up with that. So, are you going to change your system to match your personnel, or are you going to Make just trades, yeah. force your personnel oh, to yeah. <laughs> try yeah. to fit this round yeah. peg into a, a square hole, as you will, and just keep letting them fail at it? Like, what if most of the season is like this Phoenix preseason game where we shot 39 threes, made eight of them, <laughs> and we played up tempo, but we lost? It and looks good, but where it's like we're playing the right way but we don't have the right personnel so we're failing at playing the right way i'll take it (laughs) i I still think like i honestly i still think 
that it's a positive thing because you need to culture. We all know it doesn't happen overnight. It's not going to happen this one season. It's got to be two, three, four years thing, thing, you know, like Brooklyn, what they did last year, that didn't just happen overnight that everyone, um, you know, was like, this is the best culture in the NBA. Everybody's right. on, the, on the bench doing this dance with Jerry Dudley. <laughs> they're all doing their Fortnite dances. And <laughs> they look like they're having, like, honestly, a blast. And yeah. Kat would comment on it sometimes. Mm. And I was like, oh, you know, he pays attention to that stuff. Yeah. And and uh, I think a lot of guys do. So, yeah, I guess I just... That was a great question by Britt, and yeah, in essence, he was saying, "What doesn't what when your when you your talent doesn't match your scheme, what do you do?" And Gerson kind of sidestepped it just to say, "You know, this is a process, and and it's fine." It, it that was a tough question. It did seem like my impression from the answer was that they are they leaned towards we're going to run our stuff, and if people don't fit, that that's going to be the side we err on. We're and, not going to stop shooting threes because we don't have three-point shooters. We're going to gun. And this depth, of our, this depth that we're talking about talent. allows them to do that. Because yeah. if you can't, the next guy can, or whatever. You know? Next man up. Yeah, so I feel like they have lots of options to play with that if they do want to stick to their system. Be like, they're going to figure out who which those players are. You know, and It might, might happen, might take a long time, or it might take a few games, but... I, I do like that. I just can remember sitting here just, just ranting into these mics of shoot more threes. Like, even if they're not going in, like, yeah, you have to at least attempt yeah. them. And it's just like, this is the first step, even if it's awkward, even if it doesn't quite work. You put you do it first, and then you find the pieces later, hopefully. Right. How many times have I said on this podcast, if the other team makes more threes than you attempt, shoot, yeah. you are losing that game. <laughs> right. So a successful season, you know, at least uh, in some aspect, is actually we can all sit here and say like a year from now, like stylistically that we felt and saw like a real saw the change, right stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which one of us is going to write that first article? <laughs> Are this Tim roll shooting too many threes? <laughs> you know, if you look at our too percentage, many. we're, we're, do we need more we're, mid-range we're, yeah, we're only making 20% of our threes. So if you do the math, it might be better I, to shoot 40% from two range. If you're I saying, can't wait for it. If we're talking about that Phoenix game as being the template and that is how it is, then yeah, you are going to see that. It'll come from the like, Star Tribune verse though. I don't think it's going to be one of <laughs> oh, our blogs. Yeah. You know, I don't see one of our guys too doing many. it. We've been, we've been advocating no too much. Um, so. I, I, I'll, I'll add another strength. Yeah. Another one. I think having a clear cut alpha is a strength. There is no question yeah. that Cat is the guy this year. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's really helped like the Denver Nuggets. That's really helped the Portland Trailblazers. The hierarchy Nobody is there. Nobody questions yeah. Dame or yeah. Joker, <laughs> yeah. right? Those are the guys. And yeah. I think there is something to be said about that clear pecking order. I know Flip used to always talk about yeah. how pecking order is one of the most important things in the NBA. And I always thought that I was like, yeah, that you're right. And that's what really clouded uh, the previous two seasons is <laughs> the pecking order did not match, you know, what it should be. Right. Right. Yeah. And if you don't have that, then, you know, even I feel like even if you have a pecking order and guys don't like it, hey, here, here it is. Work your way up it. You know what I mean? Like, at least you know what it is, where if you don't have that quote unquote pecking order, the confusion is worse. You know what I mean? Like, and guys being like, where am I within this and stuff like that? That's worse than having to be clear and you not being in the right spot. Well, just work your butt off and hey, prove it then. You the, can make the alpha better. wolf position is sealed. Yes. But the, the next up, the beta wolf, I feel yeah. like we still have the problems of being like, why is Andrew Wiggins getting all these minutes? The dude's <laughs> not trying hard. He's, 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 he, I'm shooting better than him. I'm practicing harder than him. Yeah, really. Why is he still getting all these minutes? I think so, Jarrett Culver is going to be awesome. Yeah. I just want to say that right now. I, I really think. He's going to be – I think people are going to look back at this draft 
and they're going to wonder why he fell to us. Or why I saw the Timberwolves were uh, subtweeting NBA.com because they had their top 10 rookies to watch. Yeah, it's like they they must be following me since I tweeted it like an hour prior. I think they probably do follow you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Along with that, though, as far as Culver goes, I think another strength in this team is athleticism. Yeah. Um, You know, and, and, you know, it's with him as well. But you look up and down this roster, other than maybe Teague and um, I don't know, I think that might be just about it. You have all these guys who are just great athletes. I mean, even on. You know, you leave the starting five aside. Even looking at the bench of you know having um, Shabazz and and uh, Jake Lehman, he can jump out of the gym. And Jordan Bell and Noah Vonley, like these are athletes. Like in past years, we haven't necessarily had that, especially on the bench. And so, who knows how that will you know bear fruit or not? But I think like both. I think it'll I think it'll be a big deal on the defensive end, especially and especially if they want to get out and run too. I think the athleticism will go a long way with the long arms and you know being able to you know get out and, and, and jump passing lanes and and stuff like that. So I think it'll be a more athletic team than in past years, and th- I think that'll help them. Yeah, I think maybe there's a chance to surprise some teams like the Sacramento Kings did last year that sure. showed that Sacramento was great in the fourth quarter because at the end of the games <laughs> they had these unathletic dudes who weren't tired yet yeah. and they had been running the entire game and they just outgassed you know a lot of their opponents and the fourth because of that but i do love to think about just like the wingspan of a lineup of like culver okogi wiggins roco cat out there or something like that yeah it's, it's gonna good be good there. yeah and i think that's if you want the if you want to think of how the wolves defense can improve i think the athleticism is where it's going to have to be you know yeah because um, they still have a few younger guys in there guys that aren't necessarily have a reputation it won't, it won't come from wisdom from veteran wisdom <laughs> yeah. about how to, it won't become from like age 38 kg being like this no. is how you position your body you yeah know? and and say whatever you will about you know how many games we're gonna win if it's 36 or if it's 42 i i really can't remember oh like you guys know a lot of wing depth has not been a oh, strength yeah. Yeah. in this franchise's history totally and and like you're saying you know, like i look at this team and you know <laughs> the roster's tips built like guys were slotted into like one position uh-huh. and there's so much flexibility yeah, pretty and at least that's exciting because I used to, something that drove me nuts in the, the Tibbs, you know, era was that everything was just so rigid. Like you just knew, you knew what his substitution patterns were. You knew which lineup combinations he was going to go with. You knew like, which minute each sub would check in. Anybody <laughs> that was paying an ounce of attention yeah. could like tell you what we were going to do. And I thought, that's so boring. Mm-hmm. It's old school. It's yeah. all that. Yeah, it's all that. NBA uh, players need structure. Okay. Uh, they need to know what to expect <laughs> when they get to the game. They need to know when they're checking in, how many minutes they're going to play. Taj Gibson is my power forward. That stuff used to work. No, Taj Gibson no, is my no, power not so forward. much. Okay, weaknesses, though. What are the weaknesses of this team? That's Now Now we're getting into some meat. Yeah. I now mean, we got a lot. I think it has Ball start. handling is the first thing I think about. Ball handling. That's a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. you got you have Jeff Teague at the top. Obviously, the point guards are going to be fine there. But then, you know, you, if you, you need your two and your threes to be able to handle the ball and Wiggins has Wiggins never been that. Kogi is not that at all. He's worse than Wiggins. Even Roko is not his strength. His strength is not no. taking guy off no. the bounce. Yeah, yeah. And, ball handling and Cat. You know that's the good buzz. for a big. Good for a yeah. big. Well, the buzz is yeah. that's what he worked on this summer. So I expect him to be better, but still not at the point where we're going to be comfortable watching him take it up. The no, court. his handle is good, but he, like he's still he, seven feet tall. He's tall. He's, yeah. <laughs> he had some quote at media day talking about like. I know you guys all like the home run crazy passes, and I was like, Carl, you that that's when you make terrible passes when right. you do that stuff. Yeah. Like, just be honest. Like, <laughs> well, what I like, Carl, is those high low passes when you're in the post and you just make the little shovel yes, over to yeah, Gordy or both something. your hands on the ball. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, you know, favorite. you're a great passer, but he's the he 
he makes the wild ones in transition oh, yeah. that he throws it 20 feet over the it bonks some guy's head in like the 10th <laughs> row he loses a beer um but i mean carl is amazing and i am looking forward to what we're going to do with him this season i think a, a weakness is um obviously defensive rebounding i'm really worried about that i yeah, think no more it may if it's really bad the first like five games you know they, they may have to shift to more Vonley at the four because he's mm. a really good defensive rebounder. I okay. want to say he finished like top 15 last season okay. D reb percentage. Well, yeah. That's something he's really good at. And so I'm, I'll be interested to see is if the small ball is not working, they're crushing us on the old glass. Will Ryan sacrifice some of this flexibility to say, you know, we're not defensive rebounding. And maybe it's just matchup driven. You know, maybe if you get these big centers and Nurkic, I named the yeah, eight and the big guys. Maybe go with the cat Gorgie lineup. But I am, I am, I'll just say I'm worried about the defensive rebounding. Yeah, and just defense in general, I think. I mean, obviously they've had their struggles the last whole bunch of years. Not even Tibbs could really bring them up from the, from the bottom. I think they finished 24th last year, you know, even with, you know, only 20 games of Tibbs and Ryan Saunders has taken over. So, and I don't know necessarily, you know, we were just talking, we don't necessarily see them as being you know these these known veteran defenders or anything like that on this team a little bit of youth like athleticism could help but i don't know how this team is a top uh, you know 15 defense uh, hopefully they can be around the middle but i don't know how they're gonna get much higher than that yeah i but don't see that we have to just i guess the the optimistic viewpoint or what you would try to sell people yeah. on is that david vanterpool yeah you look at portland's roster new system and, you know, Nurk is just dropping in the pick-and-roll coverage, just standing at the rim. But he's a big brooding guy. Yeah, it's different. It's not – Carl's not the same guy. So I'll be interested to see if Vanterpool – if he – like, what I'll, – I'll ask you guys this. How good does the defensive rating have to be for us to be like, okay, Vanterpool is real. seriously legit? Yeah, I think – I even think if they were in – yeah, between, like, 15 and 20 in the league, that would be huge. That'd be Especially huge considering step our personnel. Yeah, yeah, with Towns not being known as being that well. He could take a step I forward. See, I hope he does. The but. path, I think, to us having a decent defense would be, one, turnovers, using the athleticism we have in those long arms to create lots of turnovers, and then take a page out of those Kevin Love teams and don't foul. Just be the team that never fouls your opponents. And that's one of those things where, like, that, those Kevin Love teams could not defend, but they didn't. They never fouled, and so we were never at the bottom of the league. And if you defense. get, like, 70 years, or excuse me, 70 years, 70 games of healthy Rocco, that's the other one, right? Where it's yeah. like, if you want to... You want to think of the, the the team as taking a step forward in defense. You look at the games he played last year with Cat, and we're like, okay, there there it is. There's your sample, small sample, but that is it. That maybe that's what can be here. Just Covington, just wrecking you know wrecking havoc out there with his off ball defense. Yep. Um, I don't know. And with you know, like I said, the flexibility that Jordan Bell, Noel Vonley, Jake Lehman, having that kind of switchability yeah. with those kinds of guys. I think that you know we do have to worry about getting killed on the boards, obviously. But I do think that flexibility allows us to approach defenses different ways. You know, how about how we want to stop an offense depending on personnel? Yeah, Flip used to call uh, like Brewer and Rubio gamblers anonymous because <laughs> no. they would just they, they only wanted. Just, yeah. And he drove them crazy sometimes, but then sometimes he like loved it because you know that's the way. That's, that's, how gamb- that's how gambling works, John. Right? I know. So you hate it most of the time, but sometimes, <laughs> oh boy, I hate do you it. Love I gotta it. stop playing DraftKings. Um, <laughs> I think you made a great point, Scott. I do think we're going to have some Hawks defensively. Like, I really, I'm digging Travion Graham. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think that guy, I can see a role player there. If I know his shot comes and goes, but he will always play hard. And he does the thing that I always loved about Dante Cunningham is they just, they stay so true to their skills. Yeah. He knows, like, the things he does well. 
and he just does those. And I really appreciate that about role players. And I and so I think Graham is like a sneaky good pickup for the for this team. Well, and they need yeah. people like that. You're talking about Wiggins playing time. They need people like that who are solid in their role, so they can hold Andrew to the fire here and say, if you're not doing what you need to do, we got Layman, we got Graham, we got other people that will take your minutes. I, I don't know that's that's going to happen with Ryan. I don't necessarily expect that to happen with Ryan, that he's going to hold Andrew accountable this year because they seem like they have such a friendly relationship. But I hope that it maybe gets to that point. I hope it doesn't get to that point. I hope Wiggins is better and that he doesn't have this. But if he's going to play the same as he did last year, I hope there's a situation where he can sit and they have other players like Graham behind him where they say, you're in there because Wiggins isn't doing it. You know what's going to be wild is when Andrew Wiggins his, gets his minutes cut to like 29 minutes a game. And, we come, and he's, got, better. he's got all this energy all of a sudden we just find out we've been playing him too many minutes that's yeah. been the only problem in his he's career tired. yeah he's just really tired he's but his out. mom was an olympic track runner how could he be tired <laughs> yeah well it's one of those things where he's he looks really fit but he's just got a, a crap diet and does no conditioning bad lungs yeah mm. where he's just you know young so he's his metabolism makes him look still amazing yeah. but he's like living on skittles Derek rose style one last weakness i want to talk about shout out mike pieces um, shout out skittles. dwight howard <laughs> i'm worried about crunch time play again and and I, you know we just talked about the athleticism and maybe that can pull them through to the end where they just have more energy than teams but I'm worried about I think this team can be good enough to be in some games late but I'm worried about them losing in the last five minutes just because they don't have that go-to perimeter guy that's going to get you a bucket well, they got to go through towns and that's been a problem historically I just don't know how they score at the end of games or even get big stops at the end of the game so I'm worried about you know they're going to be in these games it's going to be close but then they're just going to get away in the fourth quarter I'm worried about that if there's any team that shouldn't be worried about crunch related stuff it's the Timberwolves <laughs> because he's, he's got to be the best vet on our team at this point and crunch the wolf that's a that's a very strong point i don't know to me just give the ball to the big cat yeah just he's so good he is a one-man wrecking crew for sure i do think though that Live with the results i yeah. was gonna say that what's gonna happen you know with this team is it's gonna be a lot like andrew's rookie season but even some of those love teams you saw where we're always really competitive into the fourth quarter and then good teams know how to put their foot down in the last six minutes of a game and just pull away and we saw that so many times over the years where it's just like wow we're in the fourth quarter with a lot of these teams oh we had a close one tonight it was just those last six minutes we fought really hard for 42 minutes yeah yeah yeah, exactly exactly. and so that's we're gonna see a lot of that this year and you know what if cat doesn't mind maybe it's just good for a draft pick you know Uh, we got a lot more to talk to i got one other weakness i want to go into oh one more weakness yes got and it's maybe a little bit of a strength in the sense that guys have to earn their minutes everyone here is trying to make their name but i think it's more of a weakness because you know that's one of the things that you know you see teams when they're winning it's because the players are sacrificing parts of their games and they're sacrificing parts of themselves so that that it goes to the whole so the whole team can go forward and when you're at this point in your career that these young guys are you don't sacrifice your game for anything because your goal is not to win games your goal is to have a role in this league and so I think that obviously to have a role, you have to do what your coaches want. But I think everyone's going to be trying to get their numbers because every one of these guys is fighting for their place in the league. Or one-year contracts. Or if a you're previous Jordan point Bell. that Scott has brought up on the podcast using the Twins two years ago as an example. There you go. Yeah. They signed a bunch of Lance Lins for one year. <laughs> didn't work it, out. Lance it didn't Lins. work out because they're so focused on future earnings and they're not buying into the that's, that's where it's you a culture, count, that's a culture of me, the culture. not yeah. a culture of we. Well, and that's where you. That's where we have to you know hope that this goes right in you know this whole. culture culture and this whole kumbaya stuff works is because that is what will uh you know balance this out and it's like yeah you got a one-year deal and the team's losing but you still need to do this for the right reasons because you like these guys and stuff 
right? Like that's what we have to hope for. Um, so that, but yeah, I think that's a good point that you know there might be too many guys, and that, that's the problem with this depth thing. It's like too many guys that think they probably need to play. Yeah, and then if you're losing, you know, if you, like you're saying to your point, Scott, if you're winning, that's one thing. You're willing to sacrifice because hey, the wins are coming. But if you're in a four game losing streak and stuff, like guys start to look around you know yeah so i think that yeah i think that's what, when you're on point. expiring contracts only one thing matters and that's yeah. your playing time and Sad. some people are going to be out of the rotation just by the nature of we've got 15 16 guys who got minutes in our preseason game so you know somebody out of the combination of bell and vonley is going to be angry that the other one's getting more minutes and you're going to have to yeah. deal with that problem yeah gerson said to me that the the rotation could be 12 but realistically wow. it needs to be 10 yeah right and so that's that's an obvious and you look at the team but it it is harder because how do how does Kata Bates shop and yeah Gorgie um, Gorgie yeah, yeah. yeah some of these they're guys on the outside the they're on the outside how do they feel about that exactly and then, so we're gonna Ryan's gonna be tested and how good is he with uh, yeah how are those smiles at this point yes yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've seen how hard it's been on Gorgie and he's already got him paid imagine yeah. what it's gonna be like for a guy who's on an Trying expiring next deal. you know yeah. Gorgie's accepted it though yeah, yeah Gorgie okay. he has he's a, he's an old soul. All right, we're going to get to some more questions and talk a little more walls. But first, we have a sponsor. Yes, it, uh, Timberwolves season is back, and so are our sponsors. And um, this week, uh, we're happy to uh, welcome the Howl Hour uh, to um, our podcast. Um, it's a new new podcast uh, for our network. Um, it's our sister podcast, The Howl Hour. Um, it's a very it's a very great show that you know lots of Wolves fans have been listening to for, for many many seasons and you know they finally um, you know felt like it was a good idea to um, you know sponsor this show and try to get some more listeners over there. Scott, what do people need to know about the Howl Hour? Well, you know it's an hour of people howling. Okay, yeah, and they have a great name too. Howl Hour. Howl Hour. Yep. Howl Hour. So it's our sister podcast. You know, it's it's part of the podcast network we're developing here and. We're, we're excited because, you know, with the proliferation of podcasts, it's really become more of a genre niche thing where, you know, podcasts are becoming increasingly specialized. They find their, you know, their wheelhouse and they just stick to it. And maybe it's not going to appeal to most audiences, but it's going to appeal enough to you. That yeah. It's going to become like a Yule Log kind of sensation or <laughs> ASMR thing, if you will. As a Timberwolves fan, as you are listening to the show, you know, sometimes you need to hear the familiar sounds of the, of the wolf howling the moon, you know, um, especially maybe after a win or something like that or even after a loss i feel like the howl is a good um you know a good sound that works for both wins and losses right or you know what neil it's that time of season where you can't have your ac on at night and now you don't have your white noise in the background anymore that's right so maybe just a little sound of nature in the background the howl is need. both therapeutic and celebratory indeed a very indeed. Few, so, a very uh, rare sound wow you i can tell you've been listening to the howl hour um, the sister podcast of Wolvescast. Um, yeah, so, you know, what we want to do here for you is um, play a little clip. You know, we don't get to do that very often here. Play a clip of somebody else's podcast within our podcast um, just to get a sample so you know if you want to listen to it, if you want to check them out. They really want us to um, drop this clip. So um, here is exactly what um, you will be getting if you listen to The Howl Hour. Thanks to the Howl Hour sponsoring this episode of Wolf's Cast. 
All right, back on the show now. We got we got lots more questions to get to, and well, not much time to get to them, guys. Should we get some? Should we get some rapid, some rapid fire going here? Let's 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 try to get through some of these quickly. Not like super quick, but let, let's pick up the pace here a little bit. Um, let's let's talk about this one. Um, who will we miss most from last year's team? A lot, a lot of new faces on this one. You know, lots of guys. Um, you know, who are here in the Tibbs regime that are no longer here. Who are we going to miss most? I think I think I'll get us started off. I think um, Tyus Jones is someone we're going to miss most, right? Well, that's somebody that uh, we're going to need back. Maybe Tyus. I mean, he's stones for a reason. Ah, he's just he's been on the team for so long, and I don't know that they'll miss him that much on the basketball court. Like I'm I'm like I'm really high on Napier, um, so I, I think they're going to be okay from that perspective. But just in a sort of like having the local guy around, having the good vibes of Tyus, having a good teammate, I feel like everyone liked him. So I think Tyus is, is who it is for me. Tyus's team, anyways. We all know that. Hey, shouts to Mrs. Jones, by the way. (laughs) Cancer free. So happy. Debbie is cancer free. So, in case you know, Tyus dropped off your radar once he signed with the Grizzlies. It's just some good news. Yeah, Yeah. I still follow him on Instagram. He got engaged to his girlfriend. He's Um, having a good summer. He got paid. His mom's cancer free, and he's engaged. I'm happy for the kid. Yeah, Memphis is going to be the have the worst record in the league. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, and that's fine. He's probably going to gain 20 pounds from that Memphis barbecue. (laughs) Yum. He's going to teach John Morant all his tricks. Yeah, exactly. Don't turn the ball over, John Morant. Exactly. Yeah. The key to a great assist-to-turnover ratio. Who else has gone, though? Uh, Taj? Taj uh, is my answer. Taj, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, know, you got the Taj jersey. I got the Taj jersey. I'm going to miss. Retro now. Uh, Taj was a guy who, you know, maybe it was a little old school in what he did, but he was a player who, every time I watched him play, I always felt like my own pickup game was getting a little better. Just because watching, just watching his technique around the rim, I was like... Yeah, I'm learning something from this. He's so, definitely my most favorite of like the Tibbs regime guys, right? Yeah, like, and he, he was the most like, oh yeah, like, this guy can fit anywhere. Never caused problems. It seemed to be a great clubhouse presence. So, and the league's only 67. There you go. I hope, I hope he keeps it. I didn't see it in New York. He did. Media day. He does have okay. it with the Knicks. Yeah. It makes more sense because he's closer to the Brooklyn school that he, his That's number. Right. Yeah, PS 67 derived from. Uh, you had you had Tyus as well for that one. You missed Tyus. Yeah, yeah. I. What about as far as interviewing goes? Is he is he the best as far as departing people? Is he the, is he the best? Taj was the best. Ta- oh, yeah, Taj. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, he was just, yeah, like he was a truther. And, uh, he, you know, he was just, he was very real with you. It didn't, you never felt like uh, he wasn't sugarcoated or anything. So uh, I'll miss him. I'll miss Dario. Oh, uh, yeah, Dario. Yeah. I really I liked thought, him on the floor. Yeah, he was a pleasure, to be honest, like to be around. But he just, uh, you know, I don't think he was very upset that the Sixers traded him. Uh, those fans, they loved Super Dario, and oh, yeah. he loved them back. And uh, I, I know that he really was – he had a hard time going through that trade. And so I think with him being coming an unrestricted free agent, they, the Wolves just made a decision that they had to move on, and they made that draft they trade with to get Culver. So uh, I guess I'll miss Dario. He was kind of – he was nice for a little bit, but Tyus, I think, is the right answer. Yeah. Um, how about as far as, I think, you know, other than the culture and sort of renewed good vibes, what are we most excited about for this season? Like, it's, the games are two weeks away as we record this. Um, well, you know, what what's exciting when we think about Timberwolves basketball for this year? What, what are we ready for? What do we want to see? No more ISO Derrick Rose. <laughs> yeah, the lack of Rose is what we're excited and for. Listen, yeah. he was more effective in those ISO situations than I anticipated him being last yep, season. Yep, but yep. it was still watching him just like eat up the usage rate. Yeah, dribble the ball on the floor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> make it very hard to lay up. <laughs> make it impossible. Yeah, I said it before, but just unpredictability. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't. The unknown. I don't totally know what to expect. Like I, I don't expect him to be a great team. I think it's there's. Like some nights, as Gerson said, it's going to be ugly and they're going to lose bad. And we're all going to kind of reflect on this and be like, what the heck? 
And we're going to talk about, well, does culture matter at all? Yeah. And I, so there are going to be, it's going to be a long winter uh, some nights, not just outside, but on the hardwood. And uh, <laughs> so I guess um, I, I'm a bit worried but you're I think excited because you don't know. You're, I don't. I have no it's idea. Like, yeah. It's like you you start watching a, a show you've never heard of, and all of a sudden you love it, or maybe you hate it. I don't Whereas know. last year, even after we got clear of the Tibbs Butler stuff, it still like felt like the year was over or something. Like you know, what I mean, there was still yeah. an extra little feeling of like this year is just cash. Oh, especially still. after Rocco got injured. Yeah. Right so after the injuries. trade, we had that great ten game stretch where we won like yeah. eight games, and it's just like, oh, is this the yeah. new Timberwolves? Rocco I like goes this. Down, Teague goes down. Yeah, and then it was just you know limping your way to the finish line. So it didn't even. Feel like we got a proper like you know like new season from after that you know so yeah it definitely feels like this is the year where the actual sort of like what do we have like is there and for me it's sort of like piggybacking off that is figuring out what we have with the young guys you know trying to figure out if Culver Okogi um, you know even some even you know trying to think of like if Jalen Noel comes up maybe in the second half of the year you know after being in Iowa for a while um, you know KBD maybe you know stuff like that there's a lot of guys who it's like okay now we're back on track we got the culture we got you know stuff we got pieces in place to put around towns who are the young guys who are like part of the of the core going forward and that's really exciting because it's kind of like you're saying it's kind of like we don't know we're gonna find out here yeah, so, it yeah. uh, reminds me. I wasn't going to bring them up because they've. I'm still a little bitter over don't, the Twins don't right t- now. Oh god, just a little bitter. Um, but I got to give them credit from going from a 100 loss organization to a 101 win organization. In in one course. season? No, in about oh. four seasons since, oh, okay, since okay. the new regime took over. Yeah, and the first year there was still a lot of losing, and mm. the major league product didn't look very different. But they were getting the culture stuff right. They were getting the minor leagues in alignment. They were getting all their coaches on the same page, and they were figuring so you've out. Seen it. They were figuring out that stuff. So once again, that first season, we lost a lot of games and you didn't really notice much different on the major league level. But then once you get the structural stuff in your organization right right away, you'll be surprised how fast the major league product will click into place. Wow. I'm super, I'm super thrilled to, uh, it has just drove me crazy watching, you know, cat not be leveraged in high pick and roll, Mm. not, yeah, given the ball at the top of the arc with four guys spread, uh, maximum cat is what you're allowed about. to yeah. grab a defensive <laughs> rebound and go the whole cat, the whole weight on the court. It's very exciting to me, and I think all Wolves fans should be hyped about kind of just seeing the cat out of the bag, right? Yeah, let's go get him out of that bag. Um, let's do some- I wanted to say earlier in the show, right off the bat, when we were talking about enthusiasm for the season, I'm getting enthused now that we're getting close to the training camp. I really want to see the young guys, and especially these guys yeah. we've never had. And I haven't seen a lot like Graham and you know um, Bell. I even haven't watched a lot. Um, so I'm excited to see those. But my enthusiasm took like a huge. I was like getting excited for the, the summer or for the league, and then I saw that highlight video of Tony Snell versus Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> and Andrew Andrew Wiggins is doing all the exact same bag of tricks that he has where he, you know, he's doing the dribble, the backup, and he's taking the lawn twos, the fadeaway twos. He's just like pulling out all the tricks that you just see him go through the motions every single night. And then I imagined myself watching that for 82 games and I was like, you know what? I'm happy the basketball season isn't here. And so that video took me down for about a week or two, but now I'm back up again. Now you're back up. <laughs> Um, let's get some rapid fire ones, some really quick ones. Um, you know, what, which player is most likely to participate in the NBA all-star Saturday night competition? So we're talking three point shootout. We're talking dunks, we're talking skill competition. Who do we, who do we think in that? Do we have a three point? You think Towns can do is he didn't participate last year? Did he? No, we were like hoping he would. I feel yeah. like that's probably the best. That's the best chance. I right? could see Josh doing it again. He, 
Yeah, he did. Well, skills? he'll be on the sophomore team probably. Yeah. Oh, Culver will be yeah, on the yeah, rookie yeah. team. Yep. Uh, but that's Josh Friday wants night, to, Josh, that's not all yeah, star Saturday. Night. Right. That's okay. Josh does want to be a part of those things. So yeah. I, I yeah. Just, like, no. Yeah. I, think I could see him. Right. I could see him doing the skills competition. I could even see him being like. You know, every year at the dunk contest, you get a young guy who's still in his rookie contract who has lots of bounce, but he's pretty undersized. So it's yeah. kind of like the Spider Mitchell or something like that. Yeah, yeah, really. Or like Dennis Smith Jr., where it's like, yeah, you guys can dunk it pretty ferociously, but you're not really doing anything super impressive in the dunk contest. Yeah. I could see Josh Okogi being that guy. Rocco might, he could be a, a three point contestant. It, let's just say he's just ripping threes. Yeah, above 40%. absolutely. I could see him in a three he's point got, contest. It, I would, I don't, I'm not sure how his shot mechanics would translate to that, but it's definitely up there. Last season was a very controversial Timberwolves season. Uh, what will the Wolves' biggest controversy be this season? Like probably something pretty small, right? <laughs> I mean, there could be this sort of uh, roster, you know, pecking order, not pecking order, but sort of like, uh, yeah, who gets to play, you know, minutes allocation drama that we're talking about. Maybe a little bit something there, but I think we're kind of looking for something. Maybe are more we going to get something where uh, Jordan Bell like does some hotel oh, room service yeah. charge to the coaches? Oh, no, Jordan, don't Jordan, do it. Jordan Bell had some immature moments uh, last season uh, as a member of the Warriors. So yeah, that could that could come back. You know, he like took that the Hennessy out of the crowd from that guy and drank it on the on the championship parade. That's what, risky. What, taking what about from fans. Uh, what about some China stuff here, Scott? Uh, what, who who within the Timberwolves organization maybe has uh, the most pro Hong Kong uh, views here? Oh gonna, man, that's a great gonna, question. Who's gonna come out strong in, in favor of Hong or the other way? Jeff could, Teague for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the he's the I don't give a guy on this team, right? Like uh-huh. he can just say what he wants. Like he's the most probably. Uh, I don't know. His manager's probably telling him about the playing option opportunities in hong kong so maybe or in china so maybe he's not gonna want to don't blow this man yeah you know, mess you up the bag like that. million i feel like the the maybe let's say we lose like seven games in a row in the middle of january are ryan and carl gonna have a little fight Ooh, spicy i like it yeah, that's yeah. what i'll say yeah that's it that is very interesting with like yeah you think of this like oh everybody likes everybody and it's like well probably not like when things get down to it there, there might be some friction you know, and like it could, it could be Carl. It could be anybody, I guess. We just hope that, that would be a behind the scenes thing, right? <laughs> There's like yeah. a way to do that. Um, all right, let's talk about win totals, and then we're gonna play a game. Um, but yeah, I we, guess I, I won't get to consult John on whether he feels these NBA 2K20 rankings are too sl- too slow, too high, or whatnot. I think it just takes a little too much time to go into. And are you guys good as far as twin stuff? Did you guys want to? Did you guys want to? Yeah, let's not talk about that. Okay, okay. I'm we're, not, we're not going to talk twin ready. stuff. Uh, I'm heartbroken. No, we'll have another. We'll have another rendezvous where we talk about that. My pick would be Cat, though. He's ranked at 89. He's been in 91 in the past. I feel like he's going to be get bumped up into the 90s pretty yeah. quick. Give that guy a 95. Yeah, that's we have a, we only have one player in the 80s, and that's Covington at 80. So too low, 85. Yeah. Are right, we going to give our predicted win totals for the Minnesota Timberwolves for the 19? Uh, 20 season uh, right now I'll get us started I might be a little lower than you guys I'm gonna go 34 I think they're gonna mm. uh, you know I, the problem is the West is very very good I don't think the Wolves got too much worse than last year's mark of 36 but I think the West got a lot better somebody's gotta lose those games uh, we know Phoenix we know Memphis um, there's another bad West team in there that I think will be lower than us, but I think that's probably about it. So obviously the Wolves will kind of be in that clump with, uh, you know, with the Pelicans and with the Kings, kind of probably on the outside looking in. But um, I'm gonna go 34 just because I think it's gonna take them a while. I think the end of game stuff again. I think they're gonna be in a lot of games, but I think they're gonna lose a lot of those games close at the end. So I'm gonna go 34 wins for this season. It's never good when you know you miss shots. 
That's right, Andrew. Scott, who, what you got? What you I'm got? going lower than that. Oh, I thought it was going to be the low man. Nope. I'm going to go. I was thinking 33. So 33. Okay. One below you. I agree. Western Conference is too tough. I think there are, you know, at least 10 to 11 better teams than us in the West. And you know that we always drop some stupid games against competition in the East that are inferior to and, us. And with this range of team, sometimes it's hard because you have to price in the potential tanking or the shutting down guys at the end of the season but i don't know that the wolves will participate too heartily in that right it's easy like, to say that and then all of a sudden carl has some uh, knee tendonitis in, yeah in i April. guess no matter obviously bad injuries will, is one thing but i can't see this team with all health being at like 28 or 27 i think like i that. think though that this is the team more than ever that if cat's injured then this team is a not even a 20-win team if Cat misses a significant yeah, portion if of the time. If he's out the entire time. This yeah, team is so a, heavily sque- skewed around Cat that it, if he does miss any stretch of games at all, then we're talking about a 19-win team. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's right. Yeah, John, what you got? Uh, I, I think 38 wins all sounds right. right. Up there, so 36 last year, so two more wins than last year. Yeah, I think 30 to 40 is kind of the band that we're talking about um, as far as realistic. Obviously, if Katz has a huge injury, then they're <laughs> under that. And obviously, if they trade for Bradley Beal, they're <laughs> above that or whatever. But like, yeah. I think 30 to 40 is kind of what we're talking about here. you know. And But again, I don't know that there's any sort of like huge ramifications if it's 31. And I don't think it's great news if it's 39. It's sort of a weird season in that way where it's like the win total less than a lot of years like kind of doesn't really matter. I, guess. I also think there's like a 10% chance that they really shock all of us. Like, In a good I, way. Yes, I do think there's a 10% chance. Yeah, where all the sort of like goodwill comes together and this team just plays great together. And yeah, all these young guys in the new... I think the Vanterpool point is big as far as like a whole new defensive system. This could be a league average defense and a league average offense. Um, and and then, with the yeah. potential that small ball, cat five, Roco four lineups end up just chewing up the league possibly on offense. You know, that could be something yeah. that's exciting. And so. then you have maybe a yeah, 44 win team, a 43 yeah. win team. I don't think it's AFC. out of the question that they... they could be the Seed, yeah. a lot of people's expectations. The highest like, end is the eight seed. I think yeah. the biggest difference between like 31 wins and 39 wins, Neil, is that you get maybe like five really nice highlight wins where you beat like sure. a Golden State team. Yeah, you, you win beat, when right. you're not supposed or to. Or you, you have like a night against Atlanta where town scores 56 points or something like that where you have a couple <laughs> yeah. more feathers in your cap. This and is going to be good the win. best season in a very long time. I think the parity across the league is going to be great. Oh, you mean for the whole league? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. think every night just watching the league, it's going to be amazing because... Like I really like watching the Atlanta Hawks. I know that might sound weird to some people, but I'm a big Trey Young guy. And there are games they're going to lose by 30 points, but there are games that they can beat anybody because right. of the way, the pace that they play under Lloyd uh, Pierce, I think, yeah, with Kevin Huerter yeah. and DeAndre Hunter <laughs> and John Collins. Like They can surprise you. Yeah. It's, and it's, that's just an example I like to use as a team that it's kind of indicative of this this league this year is I don't think you can look over a lot of teams and just say that's a schedule win and even yep. and even at the top everyone you know la, you know casual fans last few years oh the NBA is boring the Warriors are the clear favorite everyone's gonna you know it's the Warriors all the way and this year we don't have that and there's legit seven teams that could win the title and it's so fun right? and I would say yeah I would say the only teams in the West that I think are worse than the Wolves are the Grizzlies and the Suns yeah the only teams that are like for sure worse yeah. yeah and then I think you put us up there with like I think the Mavericks are being a little overrated sure and I think that the Canes will probably be around where we're at. Yep. And I think and the Pelicans, the Pelicans yep. are overrated. I have a $20 bet going with a friend oh. that they won't make the playoffs. <laughs> and, while, and while we're making our preseason predictions, I predict the LA Clippers will be title the champions. They'll win the yeah, title. I, I agree. I'm going to go Rockets. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. 
but yeah, no, will it da- could will be. Will Daryl Morey still be on the team? Ooh, Ooh, I, maybe he'll be, be with the Wolves. Yeah, bring him home. Uh, it'd be too bad if the Jazz won and after they got rid of Ricky, though. Yeah. Oh, boy. Because the Jazz are in the mix. Mm-hmm. They're going to be very good with Mike La- Connolly. Lakers. Sorry. Lakers are in the mix. Yep. AD and LeBron. Don't count them out. Milwaukee Bucks. You, I mean, I was watching them the other night, and the Lopez brothers were on the court at the same time, and that yeah. brought me back. Probably seeing them at Stanford, like that was I, I, the yeah, Bucks. That like, is they, crazy on the same team. I think it's so cool that they're on the same team now, and the personalities, like it, in terms of following a team and like covering them, they, like, they, the Bucks reporters are really spoiled. The Brooks brothers have had the funniest running bit since they both in the, been in the league yeah. about how they they just trash each, each other. other, and then the mascot stuff <laughs> yeah, too. Great bit, so. awesome. They're, Love they're those guys. Disney fans, huge they're Disney great. fans, yeah. huge Simpsons fans. Okay. The guys like just that nerds. is what makes the league like so great, you know. <laughs> I uh, love it. All right, let's uh, let's get to our game. What do we got, Scott? We didn't what, even mention what? the Western Conference finalists in Portland, the Trail Blazers, or the team with the best record in the NBA last year, the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. So lots, of, lots of teams. It's going to be a good year. I don't even need one of these. Cool. I'm well, be the judge. We got a game. Scott tells us to get some pens and paper. What are we doing, Scott? I guess I could play with you. I think I'd probably be a little unfair. No, just just give us. The We're game. gonna just okay. do a spelling bee. We've got the editor in chief of Canis Hoopus here, uh-huh. a man who has had to type names a lot of times. <laughs> but more like copy and paste them. Uh, that's right. Some of them. I mean, I never learned how to spell Thibodeau. That's my my little secret. I still copy and paste wow. that one. Uh, so I'm going to give you four different Timberwolves, new wolves, new people to the organization, and you are going to spell it, and we'll see who can do better with the spelling. Wow, the, the, the script spelling bee is here. That's right. Let's get it started with uh, the upcoming rookie of the year, Jarrett Culver. Full name. Yep. Although, if you miss Culver, I'll be, we're just going to shut it down. All right. All right, you got the right and wrong here, Scott. Why don't you, why don't you get that going? Okay. Okay, um, I'm going to guess first. I'm going to go J-A-R-R-E-T-T-C-U-L-V-E-R. Two R's, two T's. That is correct. John, is that what you had as well? John yeah, also has two, right, two yes. R's, two, two T's. Two R's, two you T's. You think yeah. I'm going to spell the second coming of Jesus wrong? <laughs> I was, I was, be upset if you, it was going to be a real gotcha <laughs> moment. Yeah. Although, if, if, that, I called him, Neil J- can, I spelled him Jared. Neil wrong. can vouch for me. That, that U and that V don't have a lot of distinction in Culver right there. I see there. it. I, I see it. Right. too much Culver. I tweeted with Jared, like oh, our good friend, our Jared Jacobs. I don't know what I was doing. I tweeted Jared Culver's name wrong. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I said, I chalked that up to autocorrect for thank you because if you type jared two r's two t's into you know into your iphone it's gonna that was gonna flip that was a good tweet thanks yep all right next up uh trevion graham (laughs) one of the players i'm most excited to see play because i just haven't watched any film of him john why don't you guess this one here t-r-e-v-e-o-n g-r-a-h-a-m Oh, I got That's it correct. wrong. I had T R A V E O N. I didn't have two E's. There's two E's, huh? Yep. T R E. Yep. T R E V E O N. And yeah, that's how I, I did TRA. I, when I was Googling him earlier today, I, I was doing DRA, like Travion. Trav, yeah. It's Travion. But, but you just got to listen like Trey, like TRA. Like, Trey. Yeah. Yep. I was on yeah, his basketball I think uh, his uh, Instagram handle is TreyBall21. Uh, it's either his Twitter handle or his Instagram there. handle. So. All right, John's up by one right now. All right. We got to, you know, talk about the new new man in charge. Can you spell Gerson Rosas? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Okay. 
All right, Neil. Gerson. Uh, Ger- Gerson. Ger- Gerson. Gerson. I think I say Ger and you they say call him Gers. Just remember, they call him Gers. Yeah, and you say Gers. Okay, Gers. Gerson. G E R R S O N R O S A S. You missed an S. And you put one too many R's in there. It's just one R. It's G E R S S O N. Ah, Rosas. John had it correct. Oh my gosh, I had that one very wrong. I missed the letter and yeah. All right. Well, the the editor in chief's three for three, as he should be. And I expect you to get this one, one especially after shout out to our boy John Krasinski. Check out the Athletic. Uh, he wrote an article today about Sachin Gupta. Oh, this is what we're doing? Yes. Sachin Gupta. The, the author of The Trade Machine. And I'm excited because if he helped Hinky, you know how many times the Sixers were the third team in every deal and they just got like a second round pick out of it? I want to be that team. All right, John, you, you do this one. All right. S-A-C-H-I-N-G-U-P-T-A. Hey, that's that a correct. Too. We both got it. All right. Well, now you guys, you have that we down. We have his respect. We yes. have it down. So I, I, I don't anticipate seeing any spelling errors in your coverage this season. <laughs> wow, we nailed it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Never going to get those wrong. Uh, pushing me to a new, new level. <laughs> um, I feel, man, I. I'm blessed. That's this it. is one of those games where I tell myself a little bit because I just pick four names I struggle with in spelling. Yeah. I'm like, if I struggle with this, other people must. <laughs> My dad literally says it. all these names wrong, and I'm like, Dad, Gerson Rosas. <laughs> Pronunciations, too. We're going no. to need to get him on the pod this year. We got. I wonder how long it takes us before we're naturally saying Shabazz this year. You know what I mean? I That's keep a getting great caught, point. Caught up. Like, just naturally, like not even thinking twice about Which it. Which is so funny. Shabazz. It, it, right. It, it yeah, took me so long to say Baz instead exactly, of Baz. It took me four ever and now i'm just stuck in the boss yeah, you've been corrected to the wrong way now. <laughs> right that's that's how it is um cool well that's the end of our uh, wolf's cast uh, season preview episode number one john meyer's been our guest he's editor-in-chief at uh canis hoopus john and um, follow him on twitter at the daily wolf the daily Wolf. or you can just follow the timberwolves because you know they follow him and they're just going to take his content and tweet Ooh, it out for themselves spicy. that's spicy uh john wrote a, a really big piece really nice piece um, about robert covington and his um, response about uh, mental health um you know that you asked him about media day um that'll be in our show notes anything else to plug though john as far as uh, stuff what's what's coming up just what, follow, what we have? just follow canis hoopas we're gonna yeah. do a lot of good stuff this year i'm really uh proud of all of you guys that that contribute you know to to the the platform and it means a lot to me and uh i we're gonna do it again this is my sixth season Uh, i'm a six-year rookie just like andrew wiggins (laughs) and um we're all hoping you can take the big leap this year i'm I'm very i'm really excited for what uh my guy drip saunders uh, maybe can do this year that's right and uh you know, I support the team, uh, and uh, I'll have a season preview on Forbes coming out next week. So nice. if you want to check that out, you can read that. Follow along. You know, these Wolves I'm cast use guys. An incognito window. They have a. Uh, I don't, they're I good don't, at paywall content. Yeah. I don't want to talk you guys or, you know, get your egos up too high, but I really do think you guys do a wonderful job. And uh, I just want yeah. to say that I appreciate how long you guys have done this and how you keep going strong and you do it the right way. So, Thank you well, so much. Our goal, even, yeah, even when the season explodes, like last year, we yep. keep going. Our, our goal is to be the number one NBA podcast in China. We love you, China. Yes, come on, and China. the great and mighty 
Republic of China, which all honor naturally flows to. We're here for you. We are going to be the official state podcast. It's going to be a great season of Timberwolves basketball. At least, uh, yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna have a normal season of basketball. That's, when has it ever that's been? The best normal? thing we can say about it. All, all we can say is just wait until something <laughs> happens. Because when have the Timberwolves ever been normal? Yeah, really. We didn't see it coming last year. Either. Something will happen. <laughs> But yeah, we'll be back um, next week with another um, season uh, preview episode of Wolf's Cast for this uh, 1920 uh, Timberwolf season. So until then, go Wolves. Carl, give the ball in the, rock, in the post on the right block. 